This time on the Game Club, we're talking about Cthulhu Saves the World, a retro-style RPG from Zeboid Games. Were you bad enough dudes to play along? Everybody and welcome back to Schmoozle's Game Club. This is episode number four. Uh, my name is Steve Wilkinson, and with me is Phil Summers. Phil, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing quite well. And we've also got Randy here from Elder Geek with us once again. Randy, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks again for having me back. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you here. So uh, that music you heard on the way in there was the song "Tighten Your Grip" from the Cthulhu Saves the World. Uh, soundtrack. Uh, that is the game we are covering this week, as if you already didn't know, you downloaded the podcast, so chances are you might have noticed the title. <laughs> uh, just to give you a quick rundown on the game club, what we do is we pick two games, we have our community vote on them, the game that wins, we play it over a span of about two weeks, and then we collect our thoughts, get together, and uh, record this podcast about it. So um, without further ado, uh, here we go. Uh, this, this time around... Um, we did a poll between two games that are both developed by uh, Z-Boyd Games, uh, Cthulhu Saves the World, and Breath of Death 7, both of which are kind of retro uh, throwback uh, RPGs to kind of that Super Nintendo era of, uh, of top-down Square Enix type uh, game. So the winner of the poll was uh, Cthulhu Saves the World. It wasn't a particularly remarkable fight, but... Uh, <laughs> Cthulhu took uh, 65% of the votes from our community, and uh, so that's what we what we played. We did. Um, yep. So uh, usually, you know, we kind of give a little history of everything. So, uh, Phil, I know you've taken some notes on, on the, this game and its development. You want to run with that? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Zeboid, or Zeboid, I don't know how you would say it, is, uh, it's made up of two guys. Uh, you know, they just do this in their spare time. Uh, one of them is actually a lawyer. Uh, in his day job. So uh, Cthulhu is their fourth Xbox Live Arc uh, indie game. Uh, their first two were actually just like interactive graphic novels. And then their third was Breath of Death 7, which from what I understand, uh, when it launched, I think about like a year and a half ago, two years ago, uh, it, it's kind of become like one of the big xbox indie like games you know like there there's um i made a game with zombies in it and then you know usually you hear breath of death 7 when people talk about that service so it's become one of those like top games uh it follows like steve said earlier the uh in the footsteps of all the rpgs both of them do um 
Then a few months later, they followed up with Cthulhu uh, Saves the World. And, you know, that one also um, went on to do pretty well. But what's interesting is uh, they bundled the two of them together for release on uh, Steam, uh, which came out on July 17th. And in that one week, they've actually they actually made more money on their Steam sales than they did on uh, Xbox Live Indies for, you know, their existence, pretty much that they've been on there. So it goes to show that, I mean, last week we were kind of talking about, is there money to be made in Xbox indie games? And it kind of doesn't seem like there, there is, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Which is is sad. Yeah, it it is sad actually. So I don't know how we were talking about the percentages. I don't know the percentage that steam that, you know, that valve takes on, uh, on sales, but that obviously, they must let the developers have more. Either that or just way more. It just got way more exposure being on Steam. And, you know, I'm not sure how, how that worked out. I'm not sure about the cuts, but I do know that once Steam has it in their library, that when a, when a game actually goes on, I, I know this from, uh, I, I'm I'm like a secondhand friend with a developer who has a game on Steam. And, and uh, they asked steam if if their game could be put on sale and steam was like no if it's going to go on sale we'll do it whenever the hell we want to do it okay. you know so so it, once it's in steam's hands it's it's in their hands so i beyond that i have no idea how much how much they take wow so they they dictate when there's a sale like when yeah. something oh, okay yeah oh. Oh, that's interesting i never knew that yeah and then also i guess you've probably all heard about this whole you know ea um, you know, Steam kind of uh, butting of heads. Oh, that Origin or whatever? Right, with the or- the Origin service. And I, and, and I suppose Battlefield 3 will not be appearing on Steam because uh, Steam also wants it so that if you do put a game on Steam, that if you're going to have any type of expansion or anything like that for that game, that it is also going to be available on Steam. So Origin was like, yeah, well, we're not sure if we want to have the expansions for Battlefield 3 on Steam. And so Steam said, you know, sh- no, out. Wow. So yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually I don't know about you. I'm I'm in the uh, the beta for Origin right now, um, and it's you know it is what it is. I guess it's <laughs> it's just uh, another way of getting games. Uh, there's nothing particularly remarkable about it. Yeah, it's not terrible. I mean, it's a, you buy the game, you download it. You don't have to run Origin when you're when you're playing your game. Um, right. So right. I guess there's that benefit. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of got roped into Origin because, like you said, there's the Battlefield and the two EAs doing it at a brilliant time that they're coming out with Origin right around this time because um, they have two really high-profile games coming out uh, on PC in the next um, you know I don't know how many months, but well, obviously first there's Battif- Battlefield, and then beyond that they have the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic MMO they're launching, which is also exclusively on Origin. So they've got these two kind of juggernaut titles to kind of roll the service out, and you know people are going to get it. Then they're going to install Origin and 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 Mass Effect Three too, right? Eventually. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, that got pushed back though until next spring, right? Oh wow, that far. I think so. I, I think it's a ways off now, or at least it's quarter, qu- end of quarter one, maybe. I'm not sure, but it's definitely a ways off. But yeah, so there's two, and then then that will lead them into next year you know with with that as as their kind as this platform they now have wow and it's not bad and you know it's fine it's got a store it's got all the kind of the same stuff as uh, steam right huh 
So yeah, I guess I just admitted that I have uh, Battlefield 3 and Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars The Old Republic pre-ordered. I guess I, I accidentally just uh, admitted that. <laughs> I assumed you had Battlefield. I didn't, I didn't make the connection that you had Star Wars pre-ordered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I folded. Uh, that's all right, man. I, I, I don't know why I'm fighting this. I might as well just go ahead and do it. <laughs> but... I would definitely say that um, the success of uh, Cthulhu, um, and I, I guess I would say Breath too, but Breath, I think I feel as though it's really like they just kind of packed that in with Cthulhu as a right. as a uh, as a bonus. Uh, I, I think it's it's a testament, definitely, to just you know how thriving the PC community is right now, really for games, uh, especially indie games. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's really. Uh, unprecedented right now i think uh, as to where it's at and i don't know if i don't know if that's just kind of things with the consoles if they've gotten a little stagnant uh in the past year or so and and pc technology has been kind of building and building and building and and uh it just seems like right now you put something out on pc on steam and uh it just takes off here, not here, everything, of course. Yeah, but. not. Here's actually another little, uh, little nugget of information. Super Meat Boy, which everybody knows about how wonderful it was on Xbox 360 and all this kind of stuff. Um, it actually made the guys from Team Meat more money through through PC, despite the fact that it was like pirated out the asshole. Right. They just they made way more money on PC than they did off their console release. Yeah, I remember reading that. Yeah, that, that I know they had some. Um... They actually had some gripes with uh, Microsoft. I remember reading an article, uh, or, or it was kind of like a like a blog post from one of those guys where he kind of ranted a little bit about the way Microsoft uh, handled their game. Yeah. Hmm. So there you have it. I mean, that, that uh, this all kind of rolls back to Cthulhu saves the world and uh, in, in how <laughs> this awesome game, you know, which is which is clearly the work of a lot of, of you know the product of a lot of hard work and talent, it might not make these guys enough money to to live off of. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I don't, I'm, it's just crazy how how it works. I mean, I don't know the like I said, I don't know the workings of it, but I get like Steve said, I guess that's where that that type of community is. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the the console gamer is, I guess, that kind of person. T- typically, maybe you're just talking about you know your bro players, you know your Call of Duty guy <laughs> who doesn't have any interest in downloading the, a throwback rpg to the 16-bit days where maybe you know, your average pc player is more interested in that i'm not sure maybe it comes down to just where the audience is i guess but so uh cthulhu for those of that know they don't know is a demigod and he was created by hp lovecraft so there's that little factoid so that's who the <laughs> <laughs> to the the demon in this game is named after so his whole thing is he is imprisoned under the sea i guess at one point in time he came and destroyed everyone i guess the humans and i don't know if he was in i think he kind of imprisoned himself by accident under the sea yeah and that city really or whatever it is or something yeah. like that i i only tentatively know about cthulhu thanks to wikipedia yeah <laughs> yeah, that's all I know of him too. Because I was, I, I looked it up like, like, uh, like yesterday. Because I was like, I don't really know who he is. Like, I know <laughs> he's like a demon. So I looked it up, and I was like, all right, well, that's the deal with him. So, you know, he was involved, and in, and I didn't realize that the Necronomicon is like about him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh, hmm. 
He also appears in a South Park episode. Yeah, and they, <laughs> and they call him Cthulhu in that. So yeah, we we might be pronouncing it pro- improperly, but it's kind of hard to tell since like you know that book was written in like right. what nineteen eighteen or some crap like that, or yeah, like some and, some really early time. Let me let me let me look it up. Yeah, it's like not. I think it was like nineteen twenty nine. And then the other thing is uh, that I read we might not be pronouncing it wrong because supposedly there's like three different pronunciations that are all acceptable because oh, huh. I think Lovecraft himself or something said that it's a two syllable word when. Hmm. It, when we both ways we said it are three syllables, so I don't. Hmm. I, I guess there's That's no right. writer. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe the uh, C is silent. Uh, in ni- yeah. 1928, by the way, well, I was uh, close. <laughs> that's why I'm looking at the word. I'm trying to figure out how you would pronounce that in only two syllables. Maybe you just, maybe you just don't do the C, or maybe maybe. Or maybe the TH. You just do Kulu. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've always I've always heard. You know, I, I wasn't huge into Lovecraft uh, growing up, but I, I had a couple friends that were pretty hardcore H.P. Uh, Lovecraft uh, fans, and I actually have one of his like collection of works sitting around on one of my bookshelves here. And uh, I, I always remember them pronouncing it Cthulhu, and that's just I guess why I, uh, and also from the Metallica song as well, kind of. Yes. Oh yeah, that's that. right. <laughs> that's that's just always how I've heard it pronounced, so I just kind of went with that. But I'd be curious to hear that two syllable pronunciation if I can ever track it down on the internet. Yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> I should. I maybe I should have looked into that. I should have Googled uh, two syllable pronunciation of Cthulhu. <laughs> to be honest, it it didn't even occur to me until you said it that 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 we were possibly pronouncing it wrong. So yeah, because I funny. wanted to know. I wanted to make sure. I was like, are we saying the name of this game? Because I wasn't sure, but. Uh, so I looked it up and I, and I guess he's kind of transcended time and through the ages, he's just become like, you know, in pop culture, like, like you said, Randy, he was in an episode of South Park. So he's just kind of just, you know, he's like, like a Jersey devil locked this monster type thing at this point, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go so far as to compare him to the Jersey Devil. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of doing him a bit of a disservice, isn't well, it? Well, <laughs> yeah, but I just mean as far as, like... He... <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's a lot stronger. He, he would definitely destroy the Jersey Devil. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so in the beginning of this game, Cthulhu washes up on the beach, uh, you know stripped of his powers uh, as, or his demigod status, and then he kind of sets off on this adventure to restore his powers and, uh, you know, right whatever wrongs were done to him. Right, and the, and, he's, and the only way he can become uh, basically another, you know, a powerful demon to destroy everyone again is by becoming a hero. So that's his quest, to do good so that he can eventually do bad, which is pretty funny. It is yeah. pretty funny. Okay, so before we get to our thoughts on Cthulhu, let's uh, take a quick break and listen to a little bit of the music from the soundtrack, which, by the way, one of the great things about this game and uh, Z-Boyd Games is that they put the whole soundtrack up on their website for free. You can download it at uh, I believe, or just Google Z-Boyd. It's the only thing that comes up. Go check out the soundtrack. It's, it's very, very good. And this song is called The Trial, and uh, hope you enjoy it.
All right, we're back. I hope you enjoyed that uh, little break there. Uh, some great music from the soundtrack. Um, I guess without further ado, we're going to get into our thoughts on the uh, the game Cthulhu Saves the World from Z-Boyd Games. Uh, Phil, why don't you go ahead and start us off? So my thing with this game is not... I, I'm not sure if it's so much with this game or just me kind of falling out of love with just role-playing games. I think if I played this game... 15 years ago or something yeah maybe less than that i would i would have really uh enjoyed it but i'm not sure i i'm not sure if if i thought the game was you know not great or just me not liking rpgs as much these days i don't really know how to describe it so i guess what i'll start with is that what the one thing i do like about the game is that the combat is very kind of like breezy and it's not very taxing in that you are always healed after every battle and battles are really fast. So in fact, battles are encouraged to be quick because the bad guys, if I don't know if you notice between each round, they actually get stronger. So eventually someone's going in this fight sooner or later, because they're either going to overpower you or you're going to win. So it has like a time limit. And I kind of appreciate uh, that to a degree, but at the same time, I feel like maybe that just kind of strips most of the challenge out of it. You're kind of just flying through battles and you don't have to, you know, you're not managing anything. You're not, you're just like, as long as I can make it to the end. Like I, I, there were times where I didn't care where my guys were just dropping like flies. As long as I knew someone was going to get that last hit in and we would win the fight, then I was fine with that. And then, you know, you just move on to the next round. And the only real punishment is that you lose some magic, but you even gain a little bit of magic back. And then eventually, before you get to a boss, there's usually a save point that gives you all your magic back. So I appreciate it because, you know, it's not bogging the game down. But at the same time, maybe that's what kind of made those games fun back in the day, too, is that you were always worried about, you know, can I make it through this dungeon? Do I have the right equipment? And, you know, are my guys strong enough? And that sort of thing. And that's, I felt that was totally missing from the game. And you guys, by the way, can jump in when, whenever you want here. And, <laughs> and put, put you seem like you were on an awesome roll. I was afraid <laughs> to pop in. No, it's fine. I mean, if there's something you disagree with or agree on, I mean, yeah, feel feel free to to cut in. Um, so I mean, so that's combat, and and that's you know, and that's it's what it is. But actual the actual dungeon design, I felt that to be kind of boring, and yeah, there was a lot of dead ends. And the layouts would get a little confusing. You'd be kind of like looping around, and maybe you didn't even realize you were looping around. And it would it would have helped a lot if, like, as you were going, you I don't know, discovered more and more of like your overworld map, almost like in a Legend of Zelda kind of right, way. Right, right. Yeah, no, I agree. Or or even just have like a little mini map just to kind of tell you where you are. Yep. And the uh, the menus during combat too were. You're just constantly hitting. I was just constantly hitting enter on the on the keyboard, just going through the menus real quick and not even reading like what the damage is that people are doing. And I almost felt like because of the speed of the battle system, like maybe something a little more like a traditional Final Fantasy would have worked better, where you see your guys attacking and hit points are popping up, and it's a little more action oriented mm-hmm. instead of just reading text, like more you know along the lines of uh, Dragon Quest. So right. you know the. I guess I have a lot of complaints, but it's a pretty, I mean, uh, on a whole, I think it's a, a competent game and, you know, it's made by like two dudes and the story's pretty, it's kind of humorous. Um, 
I really like the enemy descriptions. I usually, if I encountered a new enemy, I would read the description about them because uh, it was usually something kind of funny. And uh, I, honestly, I did not finish the game. I will. I will it's a, it's I will a long look. game, though. You know, I mean, it's a it's a long game, and it's a, and it's in classic JRPG kind of format. I I mm-hmm. I'd be Steve. Did you finish it? Because I, I got to be honest, I didn't either. I didn't. No, no, I didn't finish it. I, I didn't. I didn't I'm, get around to it. But I'm sure that we all played it enough to be able to say, like, hey, here's exactly what the game is like. Yeah. You know, I, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, I played. I made it like I. My whole party was full. I, you know, I had the. I have four characters. I don't know if you had to get anybody else or whatever. And I put like three hours on. So I did maybe three or four dungeons. I fought a couple of bosses. So I feel like I got a, a good feel for you know what the game has to offer. What setting did you play it on? Normal. Normal. See, I, I played it on normal, and I found myself getting my ass kicked quite a bit. Really? And yeah, a lot. And so what I was doing was, um, I, I kind of liked the fact that the dungeons had a limited number of random encounters before the random encounters completely stopped. Yeah. And I also liked the fact that you could just call up the random encounter, like just go into the menu and hit fight. So I was almost kind of spamming that. I was like, I was just opening up the random encounter thing and then just going down to fight until, you know, that number counted down to zero, and then I would save my game and... And then go on from there. But um, oh. see, I didn't think you, I didn't even think to do that. I didn't even think to just try and bang out the fights real quick. Yeah, I camped by a save point, you know, or you know, so I would, so I could just you know really powerhouse through the twenty, and I, I could just like overuse my magic spells and stuff like that. And then when I was out of MP, I would just you know stand on the save point. But um, I, I personally still thought the combat was hard um, for an RPG, you know. If you went back and played like Final Fantasy six or, or seven or anything like that, you could probably just spam the A button or the the circle button or whatever console you're playing it on it until the the fight's over. But I thought it was a little bit different with this one. I found my my party members dying quite a bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I I, th- I kind of did too at first, but then I w- I fell into like a pattern. So I was losing a lot at first when I just had uh, Cthulhu and uh, I think Amy is her name. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, Amy sounds or, good. Or Ami, maybe. Um, so all I did with, did you summon the Kraken? I got the Kraken to come out like every fight. <laughs> I didn't do it once, actually. No? Oh, you no. would You would have won. The Kraken. So what they do, it's kind of like they're, they're double team. They team up and use their magic. And you summon the Kraken. You don't see anything. But he attacks everyone on the screen in between like you know he's almost like having a third character there so yeah so he just destroys everybody so that's what if you use the kraken man you should have used them see i should i should have (laughs) a little bit more i gotta admit though like i see what you're saying though about how you you could have fallen out of love with jrpgs kind of thing and i i'm i'm in that same boat as you and i found myself thinking like yeah why am i you know this kind of game would have been great if it was 10 years ago or something like that, or, or when I was more in the mind frame of doing that. But at the same time, as I'm playing it, it's it's like, uh, that's the game that I, I wanted to do. You, you know, like when I was when I was a kid first playing JRPGs, yeah. stuff, this is the kind of game that I wanted to make, you know? And so in a sense, I kind of, I kind of look at it with stars in my eyes, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I get that feeling from it too. I was definitely, you know, in eighth grade, sitting there coming up with RPG ideas because I was totally in the Final Fantasy 3 and Chrono Trigger at the time. And yeah, no, I know what you mean. It is like, the, you know, something I would have wanted to make, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so and it's not even just JRPGs. Just for me, like, I have no interest in playing, like, 
I kind of have an interest. Like, I'll <laughs> no, I'll probably never play Fallout. I like would I play it? I don't know. Maybe I, everybody says it's so great. It's like such a great game, but like I don't know. RPGs and me just haven't been getting along well these days. I wouldn't. I, 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 Fallout Fallout's RPG ish. It's more it's more along the lines of a shooter with RPG elements in an open world. It's like take Oblivion, give your guy guns. You know, that's that's basically it. Right. I you know one thing with Fallout that I gotta say I, I I really kind of fell in love with the uh, the past two Fallout games. I I had not played the early PC ones, so I I didn't have that point of reference for them. But I you know I found in those games <clears throat> very like subtle um, kind of nods to the JRPG design in there, like the way quests are set up mm-hmm. and and exploration. Uh, it's just like a lot of times I'll be. It looks like a shooter. It plays like a shooter, but it's got all those RPG elements to the way you you um, uh, customize your character with your your skills and perks and stuff. Um, but at the same time, there would be points when I'd be kind of wandering through the world and like doing a quest or whatever, and and and, and it, I would just get this feeling where I'd be like, man, you know, this reminds me so much of like you know playing Dragon Quest or something, you know, from alone. It just I I could kind of see where they were going and, and, and that there was actually a pretty strong JRPG um, inspiration in the way they had designed things. And I, I always thought that was just, that's one of the reasons for myself where I've kind of, I'm in the same boat of, as you guys, where I've kind of fallen out of love with the whole JRPG thing. And I've really kind of in recent years gotten more into playing, uh, you know, Western Bethesda, Bioware style RPGs. And, um, it, but it's cool playing them and, and seeing the little, you know, nods and, and seeing how they, they've taken, you know, they were probably, you know, guys maybe our age, maybe a little older who played Final Fantasy games and stuff like that back then right. and then kind of took that and then evolved it into something else. But you still can kind of see those traces in there. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying, too, by by the way, about how, um, you know, you can you can see bits of jrpgs or, or classic rpgs in fall in the fallout series in the, in the modern fallout series and i think it's because and, and oblivion as well and i really think it's because um if you were to knock down all geographic barriers of like how the games were developed it would almost seem as though the the fallouts and the oblivions and stuff are the more uh direct descendants of those old type of rpgs like they they have those Mm -hmm. same kind of values like hey i found a new town i can get new guns and new weapons and stuff like that hey i found a new dungeon i you know i can level up whereas like the what's known now as like a jrpg is a much more linear kind of experience than than what jrpgs used to be but yeah absolutely right like Um, i I mean i only played final fantasy 13 i have it i only played final fantasy 13 for maybe an hour and in, (laughs) in that hour like I was just running straight and fight. <laughs> I, I played it till it got good. Phil and I have joked yeah. about this at length. Uh, I, I played it until what twenty six hours in when it when it quote gets good, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then I landed on uh, on that big open world planet, and then it turns into an MMO. Only there's no one else in the game, right? And then and then it's just like and they're like, all right, well have fun, go ahead and uh, you know. Go gr- go grind mobs for another uh, fifteen hours, and I was like, uh, "Okay, never mind." <laughs> <laughs> the, the last the last RPG I, I sort of got into was actually Final Fantasy twelve, and, uh-huh. and like yeah. that was when I was really I was already kind of falling out of them, and then I was like, "Well, this I have to play Final Fantasy, and it's Final Fantasy." And then 
Like that game was like almost kind of badass, but it was too overwhelming for me. And I put like 30 hours onto it. Yeah. And I felt like I was nowhere. I was talking to people that were into it and you know, my, my characters were apparently all weak. I was doing things wrong. <laughs> and I was just like, this is ridiculous. Cause I was like stuck on boss fights and <laughs> I just couldn't, I was like, what, what do I got to do to get through this game? Like, it was just, I, I don't know. I just felt overwhelmed by it, but that was, it's almost, it's almost like a really awesome game. I really wish that it clicked with me better because it's kind of almost an anti um, JRPG. When you think about it, I, I haven't played many Western ones, but from what it seems to me, it was almost at the time it was released. It almost kind of felt like um, a, an MMO without being online. You know, like a huge, massive world. You kind of go wherever, and you know, even your your party members, they're just kind of doing their own thing. You sort of just program their AI. So it definitely wasn't. It was actually a cool evolution for the Final Fantasy series, really, but. I don't know. That's a, a little side tangent there, but. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I don't know. I don't know if you guys. Uh, I, I got to admit, I really liked the writing, at least in Call of Cthulhu, just to kind of to steer us back into the Call of Cthulhu. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I really did like the writing, and I found a couple of times I actually laughed out loud, like actually out loud. One of the one of the earlier bosses in the game. It's not. It's not the. You know how like you go through the first cave and then you run into these three stereotypical heroes, yeah. And then mm-hmm. uh, you go and you start to cross this bridge, and there's like a, a like some kind of wild star that attacks you, right? Mm-hmm. There was a yep. line that Cthulhu says to Amy or whatever her name is. He says, "Don't don't fool yourself. If if that star had the chance, it would kill your it would have killed your family and everything you cared about." And and I can't remember what that was from, but that's from like an old like fifties kind of. Uh, um, propaganda kind of commercial and and there oh, was really? something yeah it was something in the back <laughs> of my head that like that triggered a memory of it and i started cracking up and i and i know that even futurama had made a joke about that once or twice but um yeah the writing in the game i found really great and i love the fact that uh, his, omnip- his omnipotent power he can actually read the narrator as well <laughs> yeah yeah i like that too yeah. it breaks kind of like the fourth wall type that well is that considered breaking the fourth wall? I think so. Yeah, because he's kind of he knows you're in on it, I guess. You're right. playing it, so yeah. No, I, I thought the writing was kind of funny. There was other. There's a lot of like uh, throwback lines to old games too. There was a bad dudes line in there. I, was there? Yeah, when they tell you, did you do the zombie town where the town's yeah. overrun by? Uh, when you're in the uh, the cafe or whatever, hanging out, the guy comes in. And he goes, "Are you a bad enough dude to?" <laughs> you know to save the save the town from the zombies or whatever which is you know right out of bad dudes <laughs> that's awesome yeah so it had it had a lot of little things like that 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 i appreciated yeah the writing was definitely great i mean I th- for me that was kind of the high point uh for the for the whole game i i thought uh, it was just the humor and and just the, just the all the whole concept of the game of of playing cthulhu and and going out to, like you said earlier in the show, um, you know, you have to go out and be a hero in order to get your powers back that you use to, you know, destroy the world. I just, I just thought the whole premise was, was really funny and, and, uh, and just really well executed overall. Then, well, what did you think of the game? You haven't really said much of the game, Steve. <clears throat> yeah. Well, you know, I'm kind of in your boat, uh, as well as what you said. Um, I, I, 
the game itself, like the playing the game, I, I didn't love. It didn't like really grab me. I kind of like I, I felt like I liked the idea of the game more than I liked the game itself. You know what I mean? Right. I guess would be the would would be the best way I could sum it up in a sentence. Um, uh, I thought it was really well put together. The I, I, the combat system didn't bother me at all. I didn't feel like it was too fast. I actually I enjoyed it because I, I thought it was. Um, you know, it kind of sometimes those fights can get a little monotonous, right. so, especially when you're fighting the same the same group right. over and over again. Keep showing up, it's like two two of one mob and then one of another, and you see that five times in a row, and you're just like, whatever. So, being able to kind of get through that fast was was pretty cool, and and I I, I appreciated that. Um, I did, you know, I'm just at a point in my life where random battles, though. I I like the fact that they cut it down so you only had you know like twenty or whatever it was. Um, uh, in a, in an area, but at the same time, they still just, you know, they drive me nuts. And I found myself doing the same thing, Randy, where I would, I would kind of camp out by one of those little mana things <laughs> and then, uh, and just sit there triggering the battles just to kind of get through them and, uh, and then topping off my mana and then trigger another one. And, and, uh, just to kind of, you know, get a little more experience and, and, and level up a little faster. I'll tell you what I loved and hated at the same time about, about that kind of concept when you died, there was if you had one ups, you could retry the battle. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you didn't have one ups, you couldn't retry the battle. I kind of wish that you could have just retried the battle anyway, like, yeah. regardless of one ups, because there were there were so many times where like I would you know go through ten battles straight without a problem, and then the game would kind of random spawn like an uber you know bad guy against me, and I would just get ripped apart. And it's like shit, I just <laughs> wasted you know ten. Um, you know, 10 battles and I got to, I got to do all that kind of over again. And I don't kind of feel like using one of my one-ups, but I thought that would have been a brilliant system to have, have implemented to just retry that battle again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a good point. Cause that happened, that I, happened to me too. I did really like the whole, um, the way they gave you kind of a, I mean, it was a very, very stripped down version of like a skill tree or like a like a like a talent kind of spec uh-huh. in that you could kind of like pick one. Every time you leveled up for your characters, you could say, OK, I want to be more of like a strong, like a fighter or I can go in like the magic direction. And I, I thought that was kind of neat that the, they at least gave you that choice. Um, it, it was kind of interesting to see that because I, I, I admittedly, I didn't play a ton of uh, of those types of games uh Back when I was younger, because mm-hmm. kind of kind of the golden age of that that genre of games was kind of during my what I like to call my dark ages of games when I was kind <laughs> of like my 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 mid to mid teen years till I was in my early twenties. I was kind of in a in a little bit of a blackout, so I missed out on a lot of stuff. I played Chrono Trigger when I was in my you know thirties or whatever. So oh my uh, <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I got to admit, my first like official RPG was uh, was Dragon Warrior, which I got for free from uh, Nintendo Power. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo Power. It was mine as well. Yeah, I got that same same deal. Yep. And that that I played that one, and that was probably like the last one I played until I was older, and then and then kind of got back into games in my in my uh, early twenties. Got yeah. So yeah, so I missed out on that, so I don't have kind of the same nostalgic point of reference. I guess I kind of forget where I was going with that, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I went on such a tangent that I that I kind of lost my original thought. Our old um, age is kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will say this about the about the random encounters and about the um about the 
limitation of how many random encounters you can actually do and, and you can choose to kind of go on the game it makes the game grindy as all all rpgs kind of are you know you got to get to that level to be able to beat the boss so you kind of got to do that grind but I, I really think that there's good grind and there's bad grind and i have to admit that i really think that call of cthulhu has good grind in it um okay i didn't i mean yes it was grindy at times and it was kind of disappointing when you would lose that battle like i said earlier after you would do 10 battles and you'd have to kind of do them all over again but um there has been worse and in fact right now i'm playing um uh a different it's an rpg but i'm i think it's kind of used loosely the term loosely have you guys heard of dark spore no yeah dark spore is the kind of spiritual successor to spore and it's like they took the character okay i did hear that okay but go ahead i don't know what it's about though really it's uh, it's like they took the character creator from Spore, and then they took the characters that you could create and put them into a Diablo-esque kind of game. So a top-down kind of action, uh, clicky okay. game. And that is the wrong kind of grindy. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying to do it as a video review, and I literally cannot get past the the fifth level on the game. Because to be able to beat the fifth level, you've got to go back through and play the fourth level like five or six times oh, by geez. yourself, same level over and over again. So that's bad grind. I think Call of Cthulhu has good grind where it's like, okay, you've you've gotten your levels, you're guaranteed to actually beat the boss, so go right ahead and progress with the story. And I and I think it's kind of rewarding. If you don't want to grind too much, you don't need to. You have right. to do like the bare minimum grind to be right. able to move forward. I agree. And 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 it's it's odd that I'm gonna bring this up as an example, but speaking of like bad grinding, did you play the Scott Pilgrim game, either of you? Yes, I did. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is in order to win. It looks like you got to sit there and grind and just collect coins and level up and shit. I don't think I'm ever playing that again. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I've never really had a problem with grinding. Um, I mean, I, I've I mean, obviously, I've admitted I play MMOs, so I'm, I'm pretty much, you know, that that's the whole foundation of those games is grinding but even in games like um you know i remember playing in final fantasy 9 i remember i I killed the same dragon probably on this little island i found i must have done it a (laughs) hundred like a hundred to two hundred times probably just like constantly killing this dragon uh to get all my characters up like around 95 or so before i went to you know fight the final boss yeah i definitely did that in final fantasy uh three slash six there was that little forest you could fight (laughs) you could fight the brachiosaur i'd just fight the Uh brachiosaur all i would fight him for hours Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't think that it was, it, it was a bad thing in this game. I, I, I meant when I was saying about random battles, I just, I just mean the whole, you know, when you're moving through an area and then all of a sudden it's like, whoop, you know, I'm, you know, I, I just kind of, I guess I've, like I said, pl- playing games like Fallout, Oblivion, the Bioware games, and and even, um, even Chrono Trigger. I mean, I played, like I said, I played that within the last few years or so. Um, even that had, you know, the the enemies were there, and you could just go up and attack them if you wanted to, or right. you could, you know, just ignore them if you were trying to do something else. And and I, I just have lost all patience for random battles, I guess, in my advanced stage. Well, that, yeah. that actually kind of taps into a bigger problem that exists with what the JRPG market is actually facing at the moment. Like they, they you know, the whole reason why random encounters happened was because it was like it was a technological kind of workaround for the time. It was like, hey, we want to make sure that they're encountering bosses as they're walking around in this this open map and we don't know how to do it. Hey, I know. Let's just have it happen randomly kind of. Thing. Right. But now that we're right. technologically beyond that and they've kind of 
this is kind of a, uh, I don't know how to put it. It's almost like a, a theme for JRPGs, but it's also something that everybody's kind of growing sick of, or everybody knows that they can do technologically better. JRPGs don't know what to really kind of adopt to still kind of retain their identity as a JRPG, but right. still be fun. Right. They're stuck, which is why I thought Final Fantasy twelve was a pretty good, even though it was like, admittedly like too hard or maybe complex for me. It seemed to find like a like a cool middle ground, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that that game polarized their fan base it, like yeah. so much that it kind of scared them, and they and they took a step back after that because I, I agree. I, I I think that game was a was kind of the right direction when I played that after playing um what was it ten before that because eleven was the MMO yeah. right um. Actually, even after playing, because I played 11 for a, quite a while, probably for about a year or so, I played 11. And to see things that they took from the MMO in 11 and then brought into it as well, I just thought it was a really good evolution. I, I kind of wish that they had... I guess that's why I found 13, while it was a beautiful game and, and you know all that, I just found it to be kind of disappointing. And the stories are embarrassing that's the other thing (laughs) (laughs) i I feel like they're getting a little bit worse too because before it was like you could almost story with like oh it's a shitty translation or um you have to worry about how bad the voice actors were or anything like that it would the the acting was as bad as your brain could make it but uh uh, now now the imagination barrier is knocked down entirely Yeah, yeah. The ima- dude, the imagination barrier is <laughs> what what makes those old RPGs work. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, you see a new one, like a new trailer comes out for you know a new a new Final Fantasy or whatever, and like you can't even get through the first thirty seconds of the trailer without four people crying. <laughs> and, yeah. Everyone's just having a breakdown. No one wants to be the hero. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> and there's always got to be that one person doing that expression of going, oh. You know, where they have that gasp and you uh-huh. know, the camera zooms in on their face. <laughs> yeah. Which I guess, you know, and like we said, which is one of the things that's kind of refreshing about Cthulhu is it, is it just kind of gets in there and has fun. And, and you know, and it, it it doesn't even try to do any of that kind of stuff. It just, yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> it's a very self-aware game. You know, like it's a good JRPG if you if you want to have or it's a good, you know, older style RPG if that's what you really want to play. But at the same time, if you also want to play it almost as a as a parody or as a I don't know, I, I guess parody is probably the best way I want to put it. You know, then then it's also good for that as well. You know, I got some good nostalgia kicks out of it. I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was worth the the 250 or whatever I spent to get it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean the 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 price for it, I, what they're putting it out there for is is I I actually feel like I should give them a little bit more for it because <laughs> it's such a good game. Uh, you know, I, even though I didn't even though I didn't have a great time playing it for my own reasons, I still really appreciate you know what they've accomplished by by putting this thing together, and and I I want them to be successful and continue making games. I I have to admit this is this is. And this sounds like such a weird, big negative standpoint, but this is my biggest gripe with the game. And it sounds like such an odd little nitpick. But I felt that there was like a real inconsistent um, quality of art style in the game. Yeah. Do, no, do you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, a lot of the character portraits were kind of like ugly. And then like right. sometimes like a, a monster would look kind of cool or 
Right. Yeah. But, but at the same time, the sprites were really well done. And, you know, some of the environmental, you know, work mm-hmm. that they did for the 8-bit or and the 16-bit sprites were awesome. Yeah. But then the character portraits were kind of nasty. But, uh, you know, so there was like an odd inconsistency about it. Yeah. No, I but, agree. I agree with that. But that seems like a really weird thing to bitch about, you know, about a $2 game. I, it's it's way better <laughs> than what I could do. But still, like, if there's something to be said about it, that, that was what irked me the most, I think. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I, I, the one thing I, it was, I, I don't know how you guys are playing. I, I have a, uh, I was playing it on my 1080p monitor and, and uh, it was just neat. It was just neat to play uh, 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 that style of game designed to be played on, on a high definition monitor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. it, it just was cool having it, like it was widescreen, but it wasn't stretched. Like as right. if you were playing an old game that just was stretched out. It just, it was cool that it, it was an old style retro game that was designed to be played in a modern, uh, you know, setting. Right. Did you use a controller, Steve? I did. Yeah, yeah. I, I have the um, one of the uh, a wired uh, Xbox 360 controller. Yeah, I bought for the, my. Yeah, I bought the wireless adapter for for, for my 360 controller too, and I think that it actually added a lot to the game was playing it on a controller as opposed to yeah. keyboard, which I think you did. Yeah, Phil. I did. I did keyboard, which is odd because I'm always about playing with a controller. I didn't even think to use my Xbox controller because <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a wired one. I didn't even think to use it. Oh, it works great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really, it really. I think just. Com- kind of completed the the experience for me as far as you know holding a controller just made it feel that much more authentic right yeah i wish i i wish i thought of it i would have used it <laughs> well so so a couple community thoughts so uh nate said he uh likes that the game gives you choices on how to upgrade your characters which is what you guys were saying about the skill trees uh but he thinks the choices were terrible half the time. Uh, for example, the girl gained a level, and my choices were learn spell, escape, escape 100% of the time, 25 MP, or learn spell, escape, and you escape 60% of the time for 10 MP. 10 MP. He said, that, that <laughs> sucks. What kind of choice is that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's some of the choices were kind of lame. I mean, I I get the difference. Like, do you want to spend, you know, a quarter of your total mana pool to be able to be guaranteed to escape? I mean, who knows? Some people, I guess, must play those games like really mana heavy. Like they go in and they like blast away with the the magic. I don't. I'm like, I use my mages to like hit the bad guys with their freaking sticks. Because <laughs> wow. I, I, I'm a cheapo when it comes to mana. I have this mentality that there's going to be a huge monster that's going to come around yeah. this, and I'm going to need all my mana for, and, and it just never happens. Well, I generally have that mentality because of like in the old games, you know, in the old Final Fantasies, you you know you didn't get uh, ethers very often to uh, right fill your magic, yeah. so you were always so stingy about it. But in this one, now nah, you can just use magic the whole time; it barely matters. I was going nuts with the magic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Phantom Spiker, he actually managed to get all the way to the final dungeon before he called it quits. Wow. Um, I guess he, I don't know if he, I guess it got too hard for him. He didn't actually say that, but he said there's a reason why no one makes these types of RPGs anymore. Scrolling through a bunch of lists is really boring. Uh, but he liked the story. He thought it was fun and clever. Funny and clever. So. Or clever and funny. Yes. (laughs) Sure. Either or. Yes. Either one works. I, I think I know that the guys that, that designed the game wanted a retro feel, but if they put just a little bit more time, I think, in the menu system, I think it would have made a big difference in that game. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, Dante, thing that bugged me the most about the game was the UI. Everything is just jumbled into one text window without really ever spacing things out or color coding or any color coding. Uh, it could have used some damage numbers over enemies. This is kind of what I was saying along the lines. Maybe maybe if it played out a little more like a, like a Final Fantasy type game uh, or colored important text. Something to differentiate the damage you were doing uh, or the damage being done to you. Yeah, that was true too. Sometimes I didn't even know what damage was happening to me because I was just clicking enter and I was just hoping that my guys wouldn't die. <laughs> you know, I just I was like, if they're hurting me, they're hurting me. I mean, whatever. Uh, and Frank said he found the music to be at odds with the graphics. Uh, he felt it was a bit too modern for the time period they were trying to emulate. It was an RPG made for the fun of it. Uh, unfortunately, he thought it felt like a chore. Uh, as for the music, uh, to me, it kind of had a bit of a SNES quality. I mean. Did, did did you guys feel that? My only my only uh, beef with the music, I thought that the tracks were a little short. I, I you know I felt like I was constantly hearing the same loop over and over again. Like I guess if the length of mm-hmm. the the loops were you know double length or something like that, I, w- I probably would have liked them a little bit better. I thought they were good, but uh, I was just like, okay, done with this music. Where's the mute button? I think the thing with the music, maybe that's throwing you off, is um. Every time you fight and you come back, the music uh, yeah. starts over again. Right. It's not. It's not like kind of playing in the background, or it doesn't pick up where it would have right. left off, or anything. Right. Like this. Yeah, so, you're probably right. You're probably right. So you're always hearing it repeat every time you finish the battle. So maybe that was what was. Because uh, I think I. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like in something like Chrono Trigger, you fight and then you come out of the fight, and the music, like you said, picks up where you left off. I think. Yeah. A lot of them do that. I think most of them do off the top of my head anyway. I could be totally wrong. No, all, all of them that I can think of, like Chrono Trigger or um, uh, Final Fantasy VII, I know definitely does. Um, Six, I know definitely does. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. most, of, most of the biggies do. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, that's the issue. Then you'll just sit there and hear that same part of the music over and over again. So, I, I, but I kind of disagree. I, I thought the music, I thought the music fit as far as the way it sounded. I mean, it kind of sounded like a cell phone ringtone or something, but it kind of, <laughs> it kind of had that, that I thought it kind of had that super Nintendo ish sound with the, mm-hmm. that horn type sound that you heard in a lot of games then. So I don't know. I thought the music was okay. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, that's pretty much it from a community standpoint. Did you, did you do uh, Dante? I'm sorry. I yes. I, yeah, I got him. In there. Okay. Okay. I thought yeah. that was pretty good community response. Yeah. It was decent. Yeah, everyone, uh, everyone kind of jumped in this week. Uh, we certainly would love to get more. We now, need more. Now, uh, now that we're playing a game that people will actually play and not, you know, the the cat game. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was zero response on the cat game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now, just I guess, just as closure for the cat game, Phil, have you heard anything from that developer, or has he said anything to you? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he listened or not, but he knows it's there. He knows it's there. <laughs> uh, Poor bastard. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually, his game, his new one, it came out the day the podcast came out. I think we said it was supposed to come out Saturday because that's what he said, but yep. the day the podcast came out, his new game came out, and I added it to my uh, to to my downloads, but I never actually turned my Xbox on to download it since then. But I watched some videos on YouTube, and... We were saying how we thought maybe it was like a, like a you know auto scrolling game where you're just kind of hitting like Can- jump cannibal. Yeah, we thought maybe it was like that, but I don't really know what 
It is. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I know that sounds terrible. I'm like holding my head right now because I feel bad. I, I I don't know. I have to play it. I still don't know. I looked at the videos. And I, I don't know. I can't tell you. I can't tell you what the game is. I I, I meant to play it. I gotta play it. I'm sorry. Uh, the lost one. If you're listening, if you're listening to this, I am. I am sorry. I hope it's so well though. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so you're right. Absolutely, playing a game that uh, people want to play this time around definitely uh, lend itself to getting more feedback. We're, we're rebuilding trust with our audience <laughs> now. <laughs> we're in that stage right now. We're gonna, we're all gonna line up and have people fall backwards into each other's arms and uh, <laughs> see if we can kind of get everyone back on board again. <laughs> yeah. Well, do we want to talk about what we, since we actually know this time, what we uh, would like to have selected? For the uh, poll, do you want to discuss it real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Why, why, why don't you... Uh... And Randy, this is going to be news to you. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, so maybe we may have won some people back this time, but maybe maybe we might lose a few more. Uh, and, not nece- <laughs> and not necessarily because these are bad choices, but because it's, it's going to require them to actually turn their way on, probably. Huh. Um, and dust it off first. Yeah. I was going to say, i got to dig mine out of my box yet. <laughs> I never, never unpacked it from my move. <laughs> uh... Or or dust off some old cartridges because we're going to be doing some virtual console stuff. Mm. So we're it's a it's going to become it's going to, it's down between uh, Axelay and Cybernator, uh, two Konami games from the Super Nintendo. Uh, Axelay was known for having like really crazy Mode Seven effects when it came out. It's a horizontal and vertical shooter, and Cybernator is a uh, I don't know how to really exactly describe Cybernator. It's you're just like in this mech. It's kind of Contra-ish, but it has like a interesting control scheme. Um, yeah, I don't really off the top of my head is the best way I can describe it. But those are our <laughs> our choices. So I will probably be doing them legit style uh, and getting them on Super Nintendo. I oh, that's awesome. I if I had those on Super Nintendo, I doubt. Yeah, I have Cybernator, so if Axelay wins, it's going to be my excuse to get Axelay. Nice, nice. Where do you get your uh, SNES games from? eBay or Amazon. Got ya. Yeah. Got ya. So, hmm. but even though I have Cyber, I haven't actually, um, I haven't played much of it, so it'll be, and I didn't play much of it back in the day either, so it's kind of, it'll be kind of new to me. Not to get off topic or anything like that, but to get a little bit off topic. Do you guys remember the game? Um, yes. It was for the NES? Yeah. I, um, I've um i been dying to kind of replay that. I It was like one of my favorite NES games when I was a little kid. And I bought it a while ago, but I never, ever, like, even took it out of the little, like, package that it came in. So if that ever became a vote one day, I would totally love to have right. my NES for it. Yeah, I would like to do Shatterhand. Steve, would Shatterhand maybe be a problem for you? I'm sure you could figure out a way to... I, I, I could I can work it out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I also have Shatterhand, so that would not be an issue. You do? Yeah. yeah. Dude, you're, like, the only other person I know that has even heard of this game. It's pretty awesome, dude. And I... Yeah. I heard of it like ages ago, but I actually didn't play it until maybe like two, three years ago. And, really? Yeah, and I like it a lot. I thought it was really cool. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Shatter- well, I'm sorry. You, we, we can go <laughs> back on topic now. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So maybe Shatterhand will be. Uh, maybe we'll do a, a Ness one next time. Future. Yeah, that would be. Future. That would be awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be those two. So 
vote on them. Both Konami games are both pretty cool. Uh, yeah. That's all I can. Yeah. And, uh, well, and, and it, just to um, kind of tack on to the whole concept of voting, I mean, definitely uh, the if you're listening to this podcast, please, please vote for get in there and vote because the numbers looking at the numbers of people who downloaded the podcast, the last few episodes versus the number of people voting is there's a pretty, um, big, big difference. There's a big difference. So, uh, we would love to get, you know, uh, some, some of you guys who are downloading and maybe not, you know, coming over and voting, feel free to send a, uh, a vote to, you know, uh, at Shamuzel on Twitter, um, or Facebook. Come by. Or Facebook, if you if you're because there's and you know there's plenty of people on there. Um, feel free to throw a uh, Twitter to uh, to Randy. Uh, yours is eldergeek.com, right? Yep, all, all spelled of, out. All spelled out, one word: eldergeek, and then dot and com are spelled out as well. Cool. Yes. So uh, any of those uh, means we'll, we will accept them as votes if, if you're hesitant <laughs> hesitant about coming by the website or whatever. Um, but you know we we highly encourage it. Don't be afraid of schmoozle.com. It's ad free. It's very very friendly environment. <laughs> it is, is ad free. There's no there's no annoying pop ups. You don't have to watch stupid videos or you know commercials before you you like open up anything on the site. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so uh, I I feel like we've uh, gotten uh, Cthulhu uh, well out of the way, and uh. yeah, yeah, definitely great game. Um, overall, these guys did a great job. Definitely go to zeboyd.com, z-e-b-o-y-d.com, and uh, check them out and see what they're working on in the future. I'm sure that we'll see some, uh, you know some great new stuff from them, especially with the, with the success of this game on, on uh, the PC. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're, and I almost wonder if maybe they'll uh, try and skip Xbox uh, indies on their next one and just maybe go straight to steam. Uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be kind of interesting because I guess, uh, you know, we're going to be with windows eight coming out. There's that dirty rumor that windows eight is going to be able to run all Xbox 360 games. So who knows? Oh, really? I didn't know. Oh, that. oh yeah. There's that, there is that dirty rumor mm-hmm. kind of floating around the internet. Oh, huh? Yep. Yep. We'll see. Wow. All yeah, right. But, all right. So anyway, that about does it for this, uh, edition of the Schmizzle game club, uh, for myself, Steve Wilkinson and Phil and Randy. Thank you very much for listening guys. Thank you. Thanks again. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Had fun. 